This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. What's going on? Hello and welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Fired up to be with you here on this Wednesday to talk a little Angels baseball. My goodness, it has been a week. And here's what we're going to do on the podcast today. We're going to change things up a little bit. Usually, um, I I talk for a couple minutes, talk about the news of the day, and then we bring a guest on. This time, you're the guest. I want to hear from you. And there are a lot of folks that reached out to me on Twitter at Trent Rush Sports and use the hashtag Angels Recap and asked a lot of questions here. So because of that, I want to address as many of those questions as possible. And we're going to do this from time to time here on the podcast because I, I think that as a broadcaster of this team, I feel like there is a lot of responsibility there in the sense of making that bridge between the team and the fans. And make, you know we're all an Angels family here. So I think if I can help with that bridge at all, I want to do that. And that's what we're going to do here on this podcast because I think it's really important to hear from you. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions, and there's been a lot of news this week. And we're going to touch on that coming up here in a moment. We're going to go in depth, talk about the new pitcher that's a part of this Angels rotation. We talked with Perry Manassian. In fact, recording this on a Wednesday, coming out on a Wednesday, I talked to Perry Manassian this morning. So we're going to hear, we're going to have that for you. You'll be able to hear from the Angels general manager talk about this move and his thought process and what the Angels can do moving forward. We're going to have all of that for you. And there was also some other news uh, this week. I want to just touch on this briefly. Um, you know, there, there's a lot going on, and there's no sense in harping on this right now. There was a report in the Athletic regarding uh, Mickey Calloway, the Angels pitching coach, regarding alleged encounters in person and, and via text message which the Angels have said do not align with the values of the organization and have suspended him. Uh, There's an ongoing investigation that the Angels are doing with MLB, and that's it. So that's the latest on that. Uh, Perry Manazian made a statement at the start of this conference call saying at this point there's nothing else he can say. Those are the facts. That's what we know. And that's where it's at. So I'm going to stop there as well because there's nothing else I can add uh, to that situation at this point. But I do want to talk about the new acquisition to the Angels pitching staff, and that's the trade the Angels made with Baltimore to get Alex Cobb. So Alex Cobb, 32 years old, uh, at a tough year in 2019, dealt with hip surgery. He, I mean, this guy was absolutely dominant in his days with Tampa. Remember who his manager was, too, by the way, when he was with the Rays. That was Joe Madden. So... 
In Tampa, really great pitcher. Uh, goes to Baltimore, and he struggled. I mean, it, a record that wasn't very good, I think 5-22, and 22, something like that, playing for a bad Orioles team. Uh, but in 2019, uh, things you know did not go very well for him at all. But he had a great bounce back, I thought, last year. Now, you look at the numbers and you say 4-3-0, that was his ERA in 2020. I, you're not jumping over the moon, getting like super pumped up on numbers like that, but for somebody coming off of an injury, that's significant to me. I, for one, am taking very little into 2020 numbers for most guys. But there are the occasional exceptions of guys that maybe were coming off of injuries, I think, for one more than anything. And if they were able to perform well coming off an injury and then be able to use this offseason to get even better and even more right for the start of the 2021 season, that I, I could see as a good thing. So in that sense, I I'm not like totally reading into the 4-3-0 ERA is like, okay, that's what he's going to be in 2021. But I am going to take out of that saying that this is somebody that um, struggled in 2018, got banged up, was hurt all of 2019, and came back and from his injury showed growth and improvement and looks to build upon that. I, I, that's my takeaway on Alex Cobb. And I, I think the Angels see that similarly uh, with Cobb because when you look at the Angels rotation right now, and who's the, who's to say the Angels are necessarily done? There's a lot more the Angels can do, whether it be now or whether it be closer to the trade deadline. And we've talked about this before. But looking at what the Angels have right now, when you look at Dylan Bundy, Andrew Heaney, Griffin Canning, and the additions of Jose Quintana, Alex Cobb, and then Shohei Otani to me is the wild card. If Shohei Otani is the Otani we saw in 2018, I mean, we're talking about a potential ace for this staff. And if not Otani, I think Bundy showed at times he can be an ace. Now, Bundy probably is not quite as good as what we saw last August, but he's probably a little bit better than what we saw last September. I think that's who Dylan Bundy is. I think you kind of know what you can get out of somebody like that. I think you kind of know what you're going to get out of Andrew Heaney. I think you kind of can see that Griffin Canning's got potential and has the ability to get better. We know that Jose Quintana is really good. Is he what he was when he was with the White Sox? First coming up, the all-star pitcher, no. But is he somebody that can give depth and be a solid major league contending arm for you? Yes, Jose Quintana is that. Alex Cobb is that as well. I look at the Angels right now, and, and even without Otani, I see five major league caliber arms that are going to give you a chance to win every single night. So, no, have the Angels gotten an ace this offseason? No, that has not happened. However, they have built a rotation that with what I think is a top five lineup in all of baseball, and the stats will back that up. In fact, this, you know, fan graphs will say it's top three. You know, I'll be conservative and say top five. When you see an offense that's this good, if your pitching can be league average, you can win this division. A's are down. Astros are down. Rangers haven't gotten better. Seattle's going to be getting better, but they're really young still. So I look at this division, and I, I say this for the Angels for the taking. I really like what the Angels have done in the sense that, you know, you've bolstered the bullpen by getting Jose Iglesias and, excuse me, uh, Rysel Iglesias. They got Jose Iglesias to play great defense at shortstop for you. But with the addition of Rysel Iglesias and Alex Claudio in the bullpen, and then you talk about you know the moves to get two major league caliber starting pitchers. I think that's a really good place for the Angels to be going into spring training. Now, there are still two weeks uh, before all of that really gets going. So in the next two weeks, could the Angels make another move? Absolutely. And there are a lot of good free agents that are still out there. I mean, obviously, Trevor Bauer is the big one. But Jake Odorizzi, I've talked about Jake Odorizzi before. Odorizzi is still out there. That could be an option. 
You know, uh, I've talked about Marquez, Herman Marquez with Colorado. I don't know, you know, how things stack up as far as trade-wise goes, uh, but clearly Colorado was willing to sell. I mean, they just traded away their franchise player, their face of the franchise, and Nolan Arnato just traded him to St. Louis. So maybe the Rockies are open for business. Maybe it's going to be a case where teams might not be open for business today, but come July might be, and then there might be an ace that's available then. I mean, I don't know. I think the Angels right now can go into this season confident that this is a rotation that is going to be good enough for this lineup to be able to produce behind them, and they're going to feel like they have a chance to win every single night. Perry Manazian brought up, I thought, a great point on his conference call earlier today, uh, talking about the Angels' rotation and this the difference um, you know, from the top three starters this past year um, to the other starters the rest of the way. I'll let Perry explain uh, the stats on that. So here now, Angels general manager Perry Manazian uh, talking about uh, the move to get Alex Cobb and uh, how he felt you know, Cobb's 2020 season was able to show him the kind of growth that told him, hey, you know, Cobb can contend in this rotation. Yeah, last year was huge. Uh, he was healthy. He made a start. Um, so that that was obviously very important. And his performance, and I think changing, going from the AL East to the AL West, pitching in different environments. You know, I think being on a, you know, we feel like is going to be a very competitive club. I spoke to him last night. He was beyond excited to, to join the situation, and and um, you know we couldn't be happier to have him. I think a big thing for us. So looking at last year and trying to evaluate going into this offseason what we, what uh, some of our weaknesses were. If you look at our rotation, the first three guys in the rotation, Bundy, Heaney, Canning, 34 starts had a 3.86 ERA. You know, the, the other, other starters that, that um, took the mound over the course of the year, you know, there were 26 other starts, and our ERA, starter ERA, was just under nine. So being able to add quality uh, depth to the rotation with Quintana and now and obviously now Cobb was really really important to us. Yeah, that's no small thing to me. That that's no small thing to me that the Angels top three starters at a three eight six ERA and the rest were just under nine. Okay, the Angels a season ago an ERA over five as a staff, but you look at those top three three eight six would have been six best in the American League, and the average league average was like four point four two. So if you can. Add on to what you have there. Like you you look at Bundy, Heaney, Canning, and you don't say, okay, where, you, you kind of look and say, okay, where's my ace in that group? Well, there might not necessarily, you know, you could argue Bundy's a two, and you, you, but there's no real ace there. All right, well, but you add Jose Quintana and you add Alex Cobb, and you can kind of see how those two fit pretty similarly with the three that we just mentioned. So if the Angels were able to have, like if the Angels starting pitching staff can have an ERA under four on the season, just as a group. I mean, the Angels are, are going to be outstanding this season, and I really think because the lineup is that good. The lineup is elite. This is an elite. You have the two. You have two of the top five hitters in all of baseball in their prime, in Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, and you get them for a full season. Okay, so you know, and actually, you know, as great as Symbol was defensively, and we all love Anderson Simmons, and and uh, you know, it was actually it was pretty. Um, emotional and eye-opening to see some comments that he made in the Orange County Register uh, earlier this this week talking about 
um, you know, his, you know, depression that he has gone through and all that. And, and you know, kind of explained a little bit of, of what happened at the end of last season, which I, I thought uh, big of Andrelton Simmons to come out and say those kind of things. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it just kind of goes to show you how important it is to take care of your mental health. And that is that is such an important thing. And uh, you're not alone. And if, if a big league ball player like Andrelton Simmons can come out and say something like that, Man, um, you know, <laughs> you think that you know, you know, ball players got it all together and they have you know the world at their fingertips. Um, you know, somebody like Simba can, can feel that. Um, you know, if you do, it's completely understandable. And I think it's cool to see the narrative kind of changing uh, on mental health um, in the United States. Um, but getting away from that for a moment, Jose Iglesias as a bat is going to probably give you a little bit more than even what Simba did. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're looking at players that are probably comparable. Like I, the drop-off from defense, uh, from, from a defensive perspective, from Simmons to Iglesias, um, th- there is a drop-off, sure, but it's not significant. Like if Simmons is the best defensive shortstop in baseball, like Iglesias is third, okay? Um, and Iglesias is going to give you more at the plate. So, you know, I, I don't see that as being a huge drop-off at shortstop uh, for the Angels. And I think offensively it's even going to help them a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, you're talking about a lineup that has a chance to be special, uh, really special. So I, I'm excited about the bats for this Angels team. And, and, again, if the pitching staff, if the starting rotation can have a, a, a sub-four staff ERA, I mean, the, the Angels have a chance to be in really great shape. But just talking about Alex Cobb. For a moment, here's Angels GM Perry Manazian. Uh, when I asked him about what appealed him to, to want to go and get somebody like Alex Cobb from Baltimore, we feel like there's significant upside here. I know he, he pitched well in the in the AL East, which was one of the tougher divisions to pitch in, with the lineups he faced and the ballparks he pitched in last season. He had a 4.3 ERA. The league average was 4.51. It's a ground ball profile, which I think fits our defense. And um, he's got an elite pitch. It's an elite changeup with swing and miss and ground balls. Overall, we really like this package and what he brings to our club. Since 2011, the sixth best ground ball rate in Major League Baseball, I think there are things to like about the Alex Cobb move a lot. I also think that this can leave the door open for other things to happen. And Perry Manazian was asked if he felt like the Angels rotation was set coming in. And here's what the Angels GM had to say. We're always looking to improve. I don't know if I don't know if a rotation's ever done in in, in this game, especially 162 game season, and you know we, we're always looking to add depth and, and impact. You know, I mean, we're that's that's something we'll you know continue to pursue as the season goes along. But right now, we feel like we're in a decent spot. We have the ownership group already, Carol Moreno, and they're they're more than willing to add to this club. And if the right situation's out there that makes sense, we'll look to improve the rotation, the bullpen, the position player group, anywhere we can. Yeah, I just don't think the Angels are done. And like Perry Manazian said, the rotation never is done. And, you know, Angels owner Artem Moreno has never been shy about willing to spend to go get great players. I mean, that has always been something. Uh, ever since he's been the owner of this team, that, that is something that he's gone after. So I, I look at this Angels group right now and I, and I could kind of see where the angels might be thinking okay well we got this right now and we're under the luxury tax and we, we've got a rotation that we feel like has five proven major league arms plus Shohei Otani 
that we can go into this season feeling good about our rotation. And you have a couple of young guys coming up that might end up getting a shot here in 2021, looking at Chris Rodriguez or looking at Reed Detmers, young pitchers that are in the organization that might be able to make an impact soon. And you talk about a lot of guys on one-year deals, too. That's the other part of this. Um, pretty much everybody's on a one-year deal. So you, you have to look at what's in the pipeline coming, and you look at those two in particular and say, okay, well, maybe they're going to have it a role here in 2021. But you don't know what you can count on there. But you can get five major league starters. The Angels haven't had that in a long time, okay, that you can just kind of count on going into the start of this season. And if you see an Angels team that is contending and a team that is, you know, first or second in the division, you know, maybe they're a couple games out of uh, first place overall, you know, in baseball. Maybe they're hunting a wild card spot and they're just kind of in the mix there in, in a group trying to separate themselves. If that ends up being the case, the trade deadline. Well, now the Angels didn't touch their farm system. That while is you know has a handful of really great prospects at the top is is not considered to be uh, one of the deepest farm systems in baseball. It, it does seem like it's a pretty top heavy farm system when you look at what other teams think about the Angels. Um, so you kind of you can go into the trade deadline, and if the Angels are in the mix and they feel like okay, if we just get that ace, that can get us over the hump. That can be the guy to get us to where we need to be. Well, then you can make some moves there, and you can make some trades, and you can go and you could pursue maybe a Marquez uh, to go after somebody like that. Or, or who knows what else is going to be available uh, by July. The whole landscape could change by then. But you have to look at it from that front, too. And teams might not be willing to sell today, but they might be willing to sell in a couple of months. So that's also part of the equation here when you're considering every factor that goes into this. So do I like where the Angels team is right now as far as pitching goes? Yeah, because I actually think the Angels have enough to where they're going to contend for a division championship. I think the Angels can win the AL West. With what they have right now, I think they can win the AL West. Do they need to get a legitimate ace to win a World Series? Probably. And you can evaluate where you're at when you go into July and when you approach the trade deadline at the end of that month and start to see where you're at, where do you need to make a move. You don't necessarily have to make that move today because if you go and you you dump all of your prospects and, and every asset that you have to go and get somebody, you know, like like San Diego last year, they dumped out, uh, you know, a ton of prospects to go get Mike Clevenger. Well, and then he ends up getting hurt and, and that, you know, didn't really help them last year. Clevenger didn't help. Clevenger was going to help him down the road. Clevenger didn't really help him all that much last year. Now, the difference is, is that the Padres had enough other chips to go get other pieces, to go get Snell, to go get Darvish, to, to do other things. The, the Padres had the pieces to do that. The Angels have enough of the pieces probably to get one of those guys. But who's that guy going to be, and are you willing to trade everybody right now when you're not necessarily certain? All stuff to kind of keep in mind when you're evaluating uh, the overall picture here. Okay, uh, I want to hear from Angels fans. That's what this show is all about, getting a chance to connect with you. That is what I am here for. So let's get on out to Twitter and uh, see what the fans have to say. All right, so our first tweet comes from Ryan Pierce at RyanPierce94, who says, with Perry's comments today regarding this rotation in a decent spot, does this close the door on adding to the rotation? No, I don't think it does, Ryan. And I just explained why, and I just explained kind of the timing of this too. And that it doesn't have to be right now. It could be closer to the deadline. That The Angels could decide to go uh, that direction. However, when you say decent spot, you'd obviously like to be in a great spot or a perfect spot. 
So if the Angels could improve, and you know, in in the the, the piece of like Odorizzi, if that price you know kind of lined up to make sense for the Angels, sure. I mean, yeah, why wouldn't you want to pursue something like that? The other part too is that by adding somebody like Alex Cobb, it might give you a little bit more leeway if. Another team, let's say that there's a team out there that has an ace-caliber starting pitcher that is going to want a haul coming back, but part of that haul would have to be either major league pitching or close to major league uh, level pitching. The Angels have a handful of guys that they could trade going back um, that it would be a lot easier to part with now compared to before they had Alex Cobb. So that could be part of the discussion, too. That could be another reason why you have this guy. It never hurts to have major league caliber arms uh, provide depth to the rotation. And again, if, if the Angels can be a league average starting rotation, I think the bullpen's a lot better. You know, that was the first thing that Perry Manazian addressed this offseason, a complete overhaul of the bullpen. I think you got five really key pieces in that bullpen right now. When we, you talk about Rysel Iglesias, Alex Claudio, Ty Buttrey, uh, Mike Myers, and Felix Pena. I think you got five that you can count on. And then you never know what's going to come from that. And maybe there's a couple other guys that, that rise uh, within the system that can be valuable to this bullpen. Uh, but I, I just think overall, I, I, think the, I think to say the Angels are in a decent spot pitching-wise is fine because you have a great lineup. Now, you know, if there are other opportunities to get better, yes, I, I think that door uh, is absolutely open. Ryan, I do appreciate uh, the question. James Lindemood asks, should the Angels have traded Joe Adele for a Blake Snell-type starter? They would have Brandon Marsh still, so they would be okay future-wise. You know, James, I, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, I, I just kind of... <sighs> First of all, I'm not ready to quit on Joe Adele. I mean, there's a reason why he's been rated so high, and the strikeout percentage has to come down. But I also think that there's a lot of things that Adele was able to learn last year, and I think with a little bit of seasoning in the minor leagues, I, I think that he can be um, you know, the, the player that many people think that you know he could be um, a couple years ago when they were talking about Joe Adele. So I, I think that that – I shouldn't even say a couple years ago. I, sh- I should say six months ago with Joe Adele because you know, there's a lot of hype there. And this guy's got a ton of potential, and having a bad you know, six weeks at the major league level, I don't think changes too much of that. You don't want that to become a trend, but we're talking about an extremely small sample size here. He struck out too much, and he had, he had some at-bats. He didn't look good, and his fielding has a long way to go. That's the reality, but he's got so many tools that with some seasoning at the minor league level, well, he's played less than 30 AAA games. Actually, I, I should look at this. I think Joe Adele's played in more major league games than he did AAA games. I mean, that, that's crazy when you think about that. That guy just needs a little bit more time. Give him a little bit of time. Uh, but anyway, um, going back to, to you know whether you trade Adele or trade Marsh, that's the chip that every, every team is going to want one of those guys. But it also has to make sense on the other side, too. Like an organization like Tampa that was trading Snell, maybe they weren't all that interested in getting – you know, an outfielder in their farm, you know, because they have several really talented outfielders too. So that's another part of the consideration there. So, um, you know, I don't know exactly uh, what's going on, um, on on the market right now or what the Angels are, are willing to offer, who they'd be willing to part with, who they're trying to get. I, I know that, you know, the Angels are leaving no stone unturned, and I know that they are trying, uh, or at least they were trying to get something done. They might still be, um, but that, you know, I think an idea like what you had doesn't seem all that far-fetched because I think the Angels really have known that they need to go get uh, big-time starting pitching for this upcoming season. And and maybe that was a discussion that happened at some point. I, I'm really not sure. However, you know, kind of looking forward 
Um, you know, the Angels do have a, a top-heavy farm system with a couple of big names up front, but you also got to be strategic in how you use those chips. Do you use them in your own club at the major league level? Do you use them to trade to get something else? You got to be strategic with it because the Angels really don't have all that many chips. They have a handful. They have enough to go get a big-time trade done, but they don't they don't have enough to, to make a big trade and then it not work out. That's kind of the issue there, and that's what's you know dangerous about that. Um, but that's you know that's what prospects are. Um, in so many ways. Good question, James. Uh, thanks for writing that. Uh, this one from David saying, "Serious question: Can you actually see a plan on how they are building this roster? It seems everyone knows the Angels need a frontline starter, but they just don't seem to want to go there. Are they just hoping to get lucky with expanded playoffs? No, David. I, I don't think that's the case. And there is a plan. The first plan was to revamp the bullpen. We saw that happen. The next plan was to to improve the starting rotation, and it is improved. Is it as improved as some fans probably would hope?" Uh, probably not. I, I think that everyone would still like to see that frontline guy, but this you know starting staff is a lot better than it was a year ago. I, I you know the Angels pitching was a real problem last year. I, I think it's going to be, I, you know, it, it might end up being significantly better. And, and I use the word significant not to say that they're going to jump from like twenty eighth or 20, you know twenty seventh to top five. But I think that it can jump, you know, if the Angels if the Angels pitching last year was like 27 or 28, I think it could jump to, to 15, 16, 17. I, I think it can kind of get into that range and get to about league average. I think that the Angels pitching can do that um, with just a few tweaks. And, again, having a legitimate closer is a huge deal too. And, I, and, and also, let's give these guys a full season. You know, we only got to see a taste last year in the 60 games. So, um, you know, I, I, there is a plan. I, I think the Angels also have to still address a couple of outfield positions. Uh, for one, if Joe Adele is going to be starting this coming season in AAA, like Joe Madden suggested he might, and, and Perry Manazian has also said that, you know, he, he kind of thinks that that makes sense, that Joe would say that, um, then I, I also think that, the Angels are going to have to go get somebody else. Now, maybe, you know, Taylor Ward can can fill that gap for a little bit. You know, Fangraphs has Jared Walsh being able to play some right field when Albert Pujols plays first. But, I mean, how much first base is Albert going to be able to play this year? These are all kind of things that you have to think about. And I would say right now the Angels probably need to get one more outfielder. And you should be able to get a replacement-level uh, outfielder not all that expensive. And there's typically a lot of those guys uh, that are kind of out there. So uh, that could be something that um, the Angels could want to pursue moving forward too. Uh, NM Baseball asked, did Perry say whether they're still looking to add on to the bullpen? Yeah, you, you heard the the quote a few minutes ago uh, that, you know, whether it be bullpen, starters, um, you know, position players, the Angels are open to all of it uh, to try to get better. All right, and the uh, last question I'm, I'm going to address, I, this comes from, I mean, I got many, many, many different forms of pretty much the same question from a lot of fans out there. And and I think the overarching thought that is coming from uh, fans on Twitter right now is, why haven't the Angels gotten pitching? Well, to answer that question, I feel like every move the Angels have made this offseason has been with the mindset of improving run prevention. And obviously, pitching is the most important part of run prevention. But you brought in two major, you brought in 40% of a new rotation. You brought in two major league caliber starting pitchers. You brought in a catcher, a backup catcher in Kurt Suzuki, who Max Scherzer said is the best catcher he's ever had when it comes to calling a game and improving upon. You think that guy doesn't know what he's talking about? Talking about Kurt Suzuki? Okay. And then you go and you look at Jose Iglesias, 
who's a very good defensive shortstop. He's not Anderson Simmons, but you, you know you weren't bringing back Anderson Simmons, and you got Jose Iglesias at a relatively low cost. And on top of that, you did make the additions to the bullpen. You brought in a legitimate closer, and you brought in a, a change of pace, you know, arguably a setup guy, and Alex Claudio. So I feel like you know you say that well since the Angels don't have Trevor Bauer right now the Angels did nothing to improve their pitching that's just simply not true so you got to follow you know all of these steps and it's not like the there wasn't the one big splash move that saved the day for Angels pitching but there have been a steady stream of really solid moves that you combine them all together can do a lot for this Angels team when it comes to preventing runs from scoring and that's the most important thing at the end of the day with this team do they have to improve their outfield defense still yeah i mean they they do would it be nice to have a frontline starter um to, to have a legitimate ace on this team absolutely it would but the angels have done a lot to address the pitching and the run prevention in fact every move the angels have made this offseason has been with that at the forefront and i can understand where angels fans are coming from i understand the frustration because you are seeing a team with a great player in Mike Trout, get help with another great player in Anthony Rendon and seeing the talent on offense and saying, wait a minute, how come we're not winning? Well, they've allowed too many runs. And every move the Angels have made this offseason has been to address giving up fewer runs. So that's how I feel about where the Angels are at right now. They have made steady growth on that front. I think the Angels are going to be a lot better when it comes to pitching this year. Are they going to lead all of baseball in ERA? No, probably not. But are they going to be able to contend because they're going to, their pitching staff could be average? Yeah. I, I do think the Angels have the ability to be that in 2021, in a down year in this division. So uh, that's just kind of all I'm going to say on that front because you know to, to, the, to the fans that have said the Angels have not addressed starting pitching, it, it's just simply not true. They have addressed, in fact, every move has been to fix the pitching or the run prevention, I think is a, is a better way uh, of saying that as well. Um, also, one last thing before we let you go here is uh, the start of the baseball season. Just a, a quick synopsis of what went down. The owners put out a proposal wanting to delay the season by a month. Um, it would have expanded the playoff season. It would have also extended the uh, the playoffs from going into November a little bit. They'd go, you know, the season would be longer by a week on the back end. But uh, you're missing uh, a month on the front end. It would mean a lot more double headers because there would still be a 154 game schedule. The players said no, they didn't want to do that. Okay, so that gets shot down, and the owners sexually accepted uh, the players' refusal of the deal. And now here we are. It looks like everything is on track to begin on time. And, and that would also mean April 1st of 2021, the Angels and the White Sox would get things going at the Big A. All right, that's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast for Howard Drescher in the studio at AM830, uh, the home of Angels baseball, all your Angel stuff all day long, each and every day, no matter what, 24-7 sports, it's on AM830 KLAA. If you're listening in Southern California, for everybody else, hey, thanks for being a part of this podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. And I really do appreciate your engagement, you listening, following along, because I'm starting to get pumped up for the start of this season. My name is Trent Rush. Thanks to all of you, and have a great rest of your day. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 